Namaste. Kiora. Hola. Sayonara. Bonjour. Nihon. Arrivederci. Hello. Welcome to the EIOD Conversations podcast. My name is Kate Harris, and I'm the EIOD Education Advisor for K-6 with the New South Wales Department of Education. We often hear that students need to be known, valued and cared for within our schools. But what does this actually mean for our EALD students? To help me to unpack this a bit, I have two special guests. The first is Sasha Ogilvie, and she is the EALD Education Advisor with the New South Wales Department of Education. The second is Kerry Quee, and Kerry is one of our EALD Education Leaders in Regional South Operational Directorate. Welcome to both of you and thank you for joining me. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kate, for the introduction. Thank you. So we might get started and we'll start off with thinking about, well, how do we know who our EALD learners are and what does EALD actually stand for? Well, um, Kate, I'll jump in there and just first of all, just clarify that EALD stands for English as an Additional Language or Dialect. and. These students are learners that may include um, students who have been born overseas or in fact Australian born students whose first language is a language or dialect other than English. And it can also include Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students whose first language is an Indigenous language. And this would include traditional language Creoles and related varieties or Aboriginal um, English. So it's quite a broad range there. And alongside with EALD, we often hear of the term LABOTE. What's the difference between LABOTE and EALD? Because the data shows that about 36% of our students are LABOTE and 24% are EALD. So what is LABOTE and how are they connected? Yes, um, Kate, it does cause quite a lot of confusion. So LABOTE is a student of language background other than English and they are students who have a language other than English spoken by the student or by their parents or carer that's spoken at home. They are also EALD learners if they require help learning English as an additional language. So does that mean, Sasha, that not all the boat students are also EALD? That's right. That is what that means. So if we were to think of it in a visual way, would it be correct in would I be correct in saying that if you had an outer circle, that's your whole school population, and then within that circle, there's another circle which is Labot. So those students who have a language background other than English, and then inside Labot, you can have another circle which is EALD. And so they're the students who have that language background other than English, but they're also requiring support to learn English as their additional language or dialect. That's correct. That would be a good way to put that. Yes. How do schools go about differentiating between who is LABOTE but who is also EALD? I think one of the ways, Kate, would be to have a conversation with the student, if, if, especially if they are of a high school age. Mm, yes, and if I just can jump in there too, I, I think um, speaking to families is really important here and getting to know your students through their, their carers. Um, you know, have a chat. Um, and find out what level of language proficiency the, the, the child has in their home language, whether they can read and write in that language or perhaps it's just oral at that point. And, um, you know, in assessing then you can uh, go to the EALD learning progression with more knowledge about where that, that child is at as far as their home language goes. 
That's right, Kerry. I think one of the ways too is by using the EALD learning progression as a tool to identify the linguistic elements and or behaviours and matching that up that with um, what can be seen in the characteristics of the EALD learning progression. Um, it'll help indicate the level of support that teachers will need to provide um, for students to access their learning area content. For someone who hasn't used the EALD learning progression before, this is an ACARA tool, but can you explain yes. a little bit more about what information it provides? Yep, I can there. Um, I guess the learning progression, as um, according to ACARA, helps us understand the English language learning needs experienced by these students. It helps us identify the location of the students in the progression um, across four modes. And we can talk about that later if you like, but the four modes are um, listening, speaking, reading and writing um, to monitor the language progression of students and also to identify future language learning goals. So it really is a tool not just for the EALD specialists, but it's been designed for classroom teachers as well so that they can understand their student, plan for them and assess. And you just touched then carry on planning and assessment. Is that one of the reasons why it's important for teachers to understand who their EALD students are? and where their phases are across those modes. Yes, and this um, talking on assessment is really important. And, you know, we can understand from the phases and seeing where students are as to what a good assessment task might be. Assessing students that are beginning and emerging is going to look different to assessing students who are um, developing and consolidating. And so it's good for teachers to have a look at the learning progression and differentiate their programs mm, according definitely. to, yeah, the language demands and scaffold the work. And, you know, all this kind of thing can be made more clear by looking at the progression and finding where the student is sitting and then having a look at learning goals and where they're heading. Can I just add there, Kerry, too, I think one of the things that about the EALD learning progression is that teachers are able to create an assessment that's authentic. Um, mm. Quite often people are looking for a test or uh, an English test that they can purchase. But I think by authentically creating and, and having conversations uh, with the student and using the content of the KLA, I think, is a, is a, is a really good way to go. And I think, Sasha, that goes nicely into thinking about how we can value what the students bring to learning, mm. because we've talked about just then knowing our students and understanding the phases. And you've talked about how you really want to make sure that what you're providing to students in terms of assessment is authentic. And that's showing that you value the knowledge and skills that they bring to your classroom. And I guess what I want to ask is, what else can you do to ensure that your EALD learners are valued? I think by really giving thought to um, who they are, what, how their um, journey to Australia came about, understanding too that, that culture is important. So that idea of utilising home language and, and encouraging the use of home language to, to show that you do care um, because quite often students can understand um, the concepts that are being taught if it's highlighted in their first language. So I think that would be a, a key way into that values of the student. Mm. So would you say that using home language within the classroom actually enhances their opportunity to learn and to develop their English proficiency? 
Oh, definitely. Um, what, what do you think, Kerry? Is... Yeah, well, I was just actually going to jump in there with an example. And yes, I think so. I think being bilingual is fantastic and we need to yes. develop, keep developing that. I was thinking just now of an example where my stage two group were doing some work um, around sustainability and it's very, very difficult language in sustainability. We were making a board game and this, my students knew that this board game was going to go home for them to play at home, but also they would have to take it back to their classmates and play it in class. And so to practice before um, they had to present it to their class, they took it home and I got them to we had already written the um, the rules of the game in English and I, you know, worked with them on that and found the correct words in English for that. But I asked them when they went home if they could get their families to help them translate the rules of the game into their home language. So when they came back, that was also pasted onto their game board. And look, they were so proud of the fact that they had their home language and had their families involved in their learning. And I think that really showed that um, we valued what was happening at home for those students and their home language and developing their bilingualism. And, you know, they were just so excited about being able to share this learning with their families, but then also with their classmates, they became more confident because they had discussed the content at home. Then they could uh, come back into class with a better understanding of some of the content because they discussed it with their parents in their home language. Um, and so I think it's really important to keep allowing students to speak in their home language, to write, to read, you know, what, whatever proficiency they have to continue doing that. It sounds like, Kerry, that the students were also able to make those connections between home language and English and the concepts that they understood so that they could not only discuss it in home language, but then they were building that knowledge in English as well because they had that conceptual knowledge built when they were talking with their parents. Yeah, that's right. And they had a, a proper audience. You know, I think audience is really important here um, in that it, we weren't just doing something for the sake of me looking at it as their teacher. You know, we, the audience was going to be the families at home and also their cl own classmates. They knew that they were preparing something and they had a really strong reason as to why they were doing what they were doing. That sounds great. So are there any other things that you think teachers need to be aware of when thinking about how they can value what their EALD students bring to the classroom? I think, Kate, just in the same way that we value all students, um, it's about getting to know who's in your classroom, um, you know, a little bit of their family background, know what, you know, what's happening just in the morning when they were coming to school. I think that applies to all students. But for EALD, I know that by um, creating a trust with their teachers can be really beneficial as well. Absolutely. And I think that well-being side of things is very important to make sure that that's in place, so that they know that they can go and talk to you. They have that person within the school that they trust and have that um, professional relationship with. We move into thinking about, well, how can we care for our students? So we know how to identify who our EALD learners are. We've talked about how we can value some of those things that they bring into the classroom. How can we make sure that they're actually being cared for and that their needs are being met? This is where I really think advocacy is important. We're the ones that these students turn to for support and because they, they come to know us, obviously, because we're supporting them in class and we sometimes are having withdrawal groups and, um, you know, supporting their learning. And so they get to know us and uh, I love it, you know, when some kids are, are learning English and I walk across the playground and they call my name 
for miles. I can hear my, my name being screamed across the playground and look across and there they are waving at me because, you know, I'm their safe place. And uh, they would only be doing that because they, they know that they're being cared for and that I'm their, their person um, on site. And so the advocacy is, yes, it's in the classroom, but it's also outside of the classroom. If, um, if they need to talk to someone then be that place, be that person, if you're the classroom teacher, you can be that person that they come to and that is going to listen to them if something is wrong. And you're going to stand there and you're going to, until you can understand what they're trying to tell you, you know, I, you know, I think advocacy is probably a really important word here. I think that's very important, Kerry. What do you think, Sasha? Yeah, I, I fully agree with what Kerry has to say. I mean, I know from my own experience that, that being the, the EAL, the sole EALD teacher at a school, that quite often you are a point of trust for the students. I think part of being a specialist EALD teacher is that we form um, strong bonds with students. But I think, too, um, translating that to bonding with their classroom teachers, creating a relationship whereby it's one of trust so that the students get a sense of that we are working on their behalf alongside classroom teachers, that we're not um, separate from that. And part of that comes from having a trust and a working relationship with classroom teachers as well. And, and just knowing that we are uh, a specialist in um, understanding the linguistic requirements that students need uh, for learning and that we can translate that across to um, working or enhancing, if you like, differentiating um, teaching and learning programs as well. And I think what you've just touched on, Sasha, is thinking about those students' language learning needs and how we can meet those alongside the content learning needs of the syllabus. Mm -hmm. So what kind of things can teachers do to ensure that that happens? Part of our toolkit as EALD teachers is to have this idea of, of message abundancy, um, that we're setting students up. You know, quite often teachers will use group work and group work is not a natural uh, happening. And teachers often forget that EALD learners may not have the language needed to participate in group work. So it's being really mindful of the activities that are being provided and, and creating a classroom environment where it's a safe place, that there is time, um, you know, that we talk about having a silent period, that that's not ridiculed, that you don't cut them off or that you, that you are supportive of that silent period and you may come back to them with the same question but worded in a different way um, to allow the opportunity to respond. So it's really just being mindful and considerate of the activities that you're engaging with in the classroom. Mm. And I think too, you could you can observe your own classroom. This is sort of uh, still part of cared for and valued, I suppose, as well. Yeah. You know, look, look around your classroom and what are your EALD students doing at any particular one particular time? And if they're just sitting there not engaging, then, you know, ask yourself the question, why? Um, what is it or how can I make this learning more accessible for them? Um, and think about, you know, the, the modelled, guided, independent um, formula and just think, well, have I modelled this enough? Have I been explicit enough? Have I taught the vocab? Just Think about where, not where their gaps are in the learning, more about where our gaps are in our teaching. How can we yes. fill in the gaps yep. so that um, they're being supported and they're not just sitting there confused, but have been given the tools they need to actually start accessing the curriculum. 
and the learning in the classroom. So I think, yeah, looking around the room and just it, it's for every child, scanning across the room and just, you know, seeing, okay, well, that child isn't, you know, it just doesn't seem to be getting what I'm saying. Why not? And how can I fill that gap? How can I um, scaffold that learning for that child? And I guess too, Kerry, there's lots of professional learning that's provided through the multicultural education team, which can be found on our website. Um, if teachers want to know more about how to embed quality EALD pedagogy and practices into their teaching and learning programs to be able to enhance them to meet the needs of those EALD students. And we also have the EALD advice for schools document, which goes through and explicitly explains some of those pedagogies as well and provides lots of other great information, particularly for teachers who might be new to teaching EALD students. It's a really great document to be able to use as a reference point. Are there other places where they could go to be able to find out more? Oh, definitely. And look, the multicultural website's fantastic. And you'll also find the enhanced teaching and learning cycle for EALD teaching. And um, it's, it's brilliant and worth having a look at. If you want to trial some things, the Henry Parks Equity Centre Library is fantastic. And um, they will actually help you if, if there's something in particular that you want to read about, if you have students from particular areas, uh, then you can ring them and let them know. If you have even, say, um, a group of beginning students you need support, tell them and they will send out a, um, a package to you that is going to support your teaching. So they are certainly, it's worthwhile joining that library. I agree too, Kerry. And I think one of the important things for um, high school learners, especially is we have to select texts um, for them to engage with, especially in the English KLA. And the, there are an abundance of texts that you can choose that uh, what we call or refer to as readers. Um, I had to have a laugh with one of my staff who thought that I was employing a person to read the texts aloud to students <laughs> when I was saying I want to purchase readers. Um, so really thinking about you know, the age group of your students and, and the types of texts that are available and the range that are out there that they can really bite into, if you like. I had an experience where I was teaching Fallen Leaves and I purchased um, the full text for those students who could read it and then the abridged version for those students who, who were still learning English as a language, as an additional language. And you could really see they, they, it was an exciting class to be in because they became part of the lesson um, and didn't feel like they had to struggle to read the full text. So just giving little thought to that um, even is, is a good starting point as well. I think that's a really great point, Sasha. And also thinking about if you do have an EALD teacher within your school, tapping into their knowledge and expertise. Definitely, well. for sure. Definitely. Absolutely. That, yes. And that should definitely be your first point of call is to seek out the EALD teacher and to, it's a journey together. Um, you'll support each other for the children that are in your class. And I think, Kate, as we're talking about known, valued and cared for, the questions are when you see that child in your class, do I know this this child? Have I spoken to their parents? Do I know what language background they have? And how long have they been learning English? And do I value that home experience and story and how how have I shown that I've valued that and then how do I care for this child's um, learning and well-being and language learning needs so I think it's really worthwhile to just go through those three things and ask yourself those questions. I think there's some nice reflective questions there Kerry. 
Well, thank you both for joining me today. I think there's so much that can be spoken about on this topic, and we've just touched on a few areas, but hopefully that'll give people a little bit of an idea as to the kinds of things they can do to ensure that their EALD students are known, valued and cared for. So thank you, Kerry, and thank you, Sasha. Thanks, Kate. That was great. Thanks, Kate, for the opportunity. Wonderful. And I hope you all tune in for our next podcast. Thank you.